0: You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Why Not Mend Money, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and analysis on personal finance. I'm your host, Harshan, and joining me today is Akshat from Mint's personal finance team. Today, We'll be diving into the world of online bond platform providers and the regulatory landscape currently surrounding them. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Aksad, thanks for coming to the Why Not Mint Money show and tell me what's uh, going on in your life have you been reading any investment books or any finance related books because i know you're very interested into this uh, topic of investment hedge fund alternative investment and all this stuff so uh, have you been reading uh, any book lately book or blog post or anything
1: yeah hi session thanks for having me here so yeah right uh, as you said i am Quite interested in alternatives hedge funds, global macro, and HFT. So yeah, I've been reading a book called Fed Up. Fed means the Federal Reserve. So it's 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 like an account, well, you could say an account, or a or the experiences of a global macro trader slash strategist who was working with CTA, who who kind of posted the highest returns as a hedge fund in the US last year. So he was, kind of, he was the head of uh, macro strategies for Citadel. So the book kind of revolves around the macro events from two th- late 2018 to 2021. What happened, why markets went down, what was going on in 2018, why markets were down, then went up, then how the COVID crash happened, Fed cut rates, then all this, that saga combined from the 1st experience of a global macro trader. So yeah, that's what I've been reading these days and since i'm interested in macro I i've been following a podcast that i would also recommend our viewers who are kind of interested in global macro called macro voices so like it's a weekly podcast and those guys talk about what's happening in the global ma- global markets from a macro perspective what's happening in china what's happening with the dollar how de-dollarization is happening to ai to everything and how it would impact my financial markets. So yeah,
0: that's that's been going on. That's great, Akshat. And for our viewers today, we have a related topic, which is also about an alternate asset. Uh, So yeah, let's start talking about uh, the online uh, bond platform providers, also known as OBPPs. So they've been growing in popularity among retail investors lately. Uh,
1: Can you shed some light on what these platforms offer? Certainly, certainly Shashin. So OBPPs have become kind of a convenient and accessible way for the retail investors to invest in bonds or debt as an asset class. So these platforms offered a wide range of bonds, including listed, unlisted corporate bonds. They were kind of also doing venture debt, uh, GSECs, SGBs, everything. They kind of provide investors with the convenience of online transactions then there's low fees and access to a diverse diverse selection of bonds.
0: That sounds promising. Uh, however, Akshat, it seems like the regulatory landscape for OBPPs has been evolving uh, recently. Uh, could you tell
1: us uh, more about that? Uh, absolutely, Shashin. The regulatory, uh, regulatory landscape for OBPPs had indeed been in a flux in the last 12 months, so to say. So in July 2022, the Securities and Exchange Board of India, SEBI, floated a consultation paper on the regulation of OBBs. The paper kind of proposed that uh, these platforms be allowed only to offer listed bonds and be subjected to obtaining a license as stockbrokers in the debt segment.
0: So Akshat, uh, where these norms uh, enacted by the uh, OBP's? Uh, did SEBI uh, uh, enact those laws, or is it uh, just in the consultation stage for now?
1: Oh yes, Sachin. Actually, a lot a lot has happened since the consultation paper uh, had been floated in July 2022. So regulations came out. Then some platforms are doing some shady business, and then SEBI came out with a, another circular. So we'll talk about that throughout this podcast so let's talk about uh, the first the first kind of regulations that came out so in november 2022 say enacted the final norms for obbps these norms largely followed the proposals that were in the consultation paper but with very major one exception that these platforms were not allowed to offer unlisted bonds so this kind of created a gray area in the landscape for unlisted bonds, as well as DSECs and SGBs, because DSECs and SGBs are regulated by the RBI. So, kind in the consultation paper, it was mentioned that the bonds are to be SEBI regulated. So, the concern is that retail investors may be shut out of the unlisted bond market, because these kind of unlisted bonds offer high yields than listed bonds or any other debt as for uh, investment.
0: Yes, Uh, and for our viewers and uh, listeners, uh, just to make it a little bit simpler, uh, unlisted bonds are the ones which uh, uh, are traded privately. Uh, uh, So there is a requirement, uh, I think, uh, Aksar, you can uh, clarify on this. So if a bond is listed in an exchange, there needs to be certain regulatory clearances. That makes the bond kind of uh, more liquid and safer for retail investor. And that's probably the reason why Sebi wants this online bond platform that uh, uh, faces retail uh, customers to uh, only deal with uh, listed bonds. Uh, And uh, Sebi obviously doesn't want retail investors to touch the unlisted bond. And the second uh, point that Akshat pointed out was that uh, uh, gsecs which is government securities, uh, uh, the uh, there is not much clarity on this front because SEBI is regulating OBP's, OBPPS, but uh, this uh, government bonds are regulated not by SEBI but by the RBI. So, there is a lack of clarity on whether uh, products regulated by RBI should be uh, allowed to trade in this OBPP. So, uh, Akshat, how are OBPPs uh, adapting to this uh,
1: regulation? So, after the November 22 regulations came out, some OBPPs, or I should say, most of the platforms, decided to focus on offering only listed bonds as they were still permitted to do so. However the market is growing and as more companies are issuing bonds to raise capital and these OB these platforms offer as marketplaces which connect buyers and sellers or bonds or buying and selling of bonds on their own balance sheets. So basically it happens in two two if I were to bifurcate uh, the model, so either the platforms buy those bonds on their own balance sheets and then mark up the price. So suppose a buys a bond at hundred thousand and ten, and they would sell it on their platform at 1020. So the 10 rupees between them is the markup that they charge to which kind of serves as their profit. Or they could be just acting as a broker as in there's a seller on the other side and there are buyers on the, their platform and they just charge a kind of brokerage And that's the the model that they operate on. So if you go on their platform, you could see uh, details regarding ratings, coupon rates, YTM and fair price to the buyers. However, the manner in which they are trading is different, as I mentioned.
0: So Akshat, how do these online bond providers and uh, that brokers differ in terms of, uh, let's say, order placement?
1: So as I was talking about, these OBPPs either act, uh, buy on their own balance sheet or as act dead brokers. However, the manner in which they uh, kind of play, uh, so to say, uh, the manner in which they kind of uh, trade uh, on their platforms is different. So dead brokers kind of allow the buyers to place limit orders specifying the desired price that the buyer is willing to pay. However, on the other hand, OBPPs provide a single price. That's the offer price that they are giving to their customers. Additionally, the routing of order orders also differs. So, the platforms, online one platforms, route orders to the RFQ platforms, the request for quote platforms, which is also available on exchanges. While debt brokers utilize the trading platforms or the debt segment, of the exchanges like
0: the NSE and BSE to execute the trades. Thank you Akshat for that comprehensive overview of the regulatory landscape and how this online bond providers function. I think it's clear that there are both opportunities and challenges in this space. Uh, now let's discuss the potential risks and benefits for retail investors who choose to invest using this online bond platform.
1: Absolutely, Shashind, absolutely. So when it comes to risks, one of the key concerns was, I wouldn't say is, was the lack of regulatory oversight for unlisted bonds that are offered through these platforms. Why was that? Because there were no specific regulations, number one, governing these bonds. And investors may face increased information asymmetry, as in information symmetry, as in if the bond is privately placed, there isn't much public information available for that bond, the the bond platform could buy at a way lower price, market up to a good amount and take the difference between as its own profit. Secondly, the lower liquidity of listed bonds as well, traded through these platforms can kind of make it more challenging to find buyers without significant slippage.
0: Uh, Akshay, by talking to you, I'm getting a feeling that uh, retail investors who don't have uh, a good financial knowledge shouldn't touch all this uh, bond uh, uh, product because, as you said, uh, we should take care about the uh, markups and uh, the prices at which the bonds are trading. Uh, Leaving aside that... uh, Let's delve into the regulatory challenges faced by this uh, online bond platforms offering unlisted bonds, uh, particularly
1: concerning the deemed public issue conundrum. Oh, that's right, session So, privately placed bonds, also known as unlisted bonds as we are referring to them, are offered by companies or entities outside of stock exchanges. So, these bonds are typically offered to a select group of investors through a private placement process. So, supposedly, uh, if a company has certain shareholders, existing shareholders, family members, friends, so that uh, offering could be just to them. So, that kind of uh, sets apart a private placement process. Yes. Uh, and
0: to ensure that these bonds remain within the realm of uh, private placement, uh, SEBI and the companies act have a set limit of 200 inv- investors which is excluding qualified institutional investor uh, buyers uh, in a financial year this threshold in is in place to prevent the bond offering from being classified as a public issue triggering additional regulatory uh, requirements right Akshay?
1: right right exactly However, the situation becomes more complex for these online plat- bond platforms offering unlisted bonds. So, if the number of investors holding these bonds exceeds 200, as you said, after the initial public placement, which can obviously happen when investors decide to sell their bonds to new investors through these online bond platforms, it may inadvertently trigger a public deemed issue or a deemed public issue.
0: Wow, okay, that's uh, another interesting point and when a deemed public issue occurs, uh, it can have significant consequences. We've seen in cases like the Sahara case where the Supreme Court ruled that the issuance of fully convertible debentures by the Sahara group to more than 49 uh, investors without complying with public issue norm was deemed as a public issue. And therefore, right. the court imposed penalty on the company and ordered to return money uh, with int- interest.
1: That's that's correct, and uh, in uh, like uh, uh, it's it's good to know that you remember that case. So uh, I, I'll, I'll mention another case. That's what uh, kind of mentioning is the SAT FCD case where the Securities Appellate Tribunal ruled that the issuance of fully convertible debentures or FCDs by canning industries coaching limited to its existing shareholders did not uh, qualify as a team public issue under the section of the companies uh, section 42 of the companies act the securities appellate tribunal held that the fcds were issued under section 62-3 of the act which exempts the increase of subscribed capital caused by the exercise of a of an option attached to debentures. so let's let's simplify this for our viewers so basically this case was a contradiction to previous interpretations or legal provisions of these uh, of the dean public issue uh, that we are talking about however the broader perspective or head for our viewers is he these cases highlight the seriousness of violating regulations related to dean public issues consequences can be plenty they can include penalties you have to refund the money there are regulatory actions and of, of course there are measures to protect the invest, interest of investors and maintain market integrity which which is why the sebi was established
0: all right uh, except, uh also another new development is that we just received news that sebi has issued a circular addressing the issue of products offered uh by online bond platform. Can you shed some light on this new development?
1: Certainly, certainly. So, uh, we at Mint uh, wrote an article about that I think three weeks ago and Sebi took note of it and issued a circular just two weeks back uh, introducing new guidelines for these platforms and the products that they can offer on their platforms. So, according to the circulars, the OBPPs will now have to cease offering any products or services that are not per- permitted as per the new clauses in the circular. So, this certainly means that platforms like Golden Pie or Giraffe, which were offering venture debt as well as unlisted corporate bonds or corporate uh, fixed deposits, can no longer offer these on their platforms.
0: Oh, uh, that's an important development. Right. Uh, so does this circular restrict online bond platform from offering only a
1: certain set of security? Yes, session. So the circular specifies the securities that could be offered. So the, these online one platforms are permitted to offer the following securities. If I were to say that's listed at listed municipal debt listed sdi's so sdi is also an interesting product that's offered by grip which is the first to offer that however it was in existence to, uh, since 2008 so sdi is kind of a debt security so they kind there's a trustee and there's a company so it's it's basically a substitute to the llp model of uh, leasing that was for, uh, followed by grip which is kind of another interesting asset class that probably we could talk about in the next episode or further on. So, the uh, the platforms could offer listed debt, uh, listed municipal debt, listed SDIs, or any of these securities that are proposed to be listed on the exchanges. And apart from these securities, now the, the uncertainty regarding the RV and CB who will regulate these the, secu- uh, the GSECs and sdbs have also uh, been cleared. So these platforms can now offer GSECs and SGBs as well.
0: It seems like SEBI wants to ensure uh, these online bond platforms focus only on regulated financial products. Akshat, what about the relationship between online bond platform and their holding company, subsidiary, or associate?
1: Does the circular address uh, that part? Yeah, yes session so that was the particular thing we wrote about since golden Ply golden pie as in obpp was had created a link that led to a different platform through which it was offering unlisted bonds unlisted uh debt and corporate fixed deposits so the circular that sebi brought out clearly mentions that a holding company a subsidiary or any associate of an obpp cannot utilize the same name brand name or kind of any name that resembles these online one platforms or the pl- platform itself cannot offer these products which we which i mentioned earlier and these these products that and if i were to say the products that could be offered by them on the same platform has to be re- products that are regulated by the RBI, IRDAI, or PFIDA.
0: That's an interesting provision. It uh, seems to prevent any confusion or misrepresentation to investors. Uh, but what about links or tabs to other website or platform? Are there uh, any restrictions on them? Uh, so they usually provide links and uh, uh, tabs to uh, go to other websites. So what about that?
1: So as, as i mentioned any links or tabs on any of these platforms leading to a subsidiary or a company with the same name isn't permitted as per the, re- the new regulations so this is basically to ensure that obbps remain focused on regulated offerings and avoid any potential regulatory gray areas i see uh, so
0: if there are links to platform offering products or services regulated by uh, the financial sector regulator, what steps should
1: be taken? So in such cases, when a user clicks on a link or a tab that leads to a platform offering products or services regulated by other financial regulators like RBI, IRDAI, uh, PFRDA, a disclaimer must be displayed that is legible to the user and the disclaimer should uh, basically clarify the le- regulatory oversight of these products so whoever is a regulator
0: that's an important measure to ensure transparency right uh, after all people should be aware about uh, the regulation uh, finally does the circular address the relationship that is between the online bond platform and their holding companies a uh, subsidiary offering unregulated product uh, as what happened with uh, the companies uh,
1: men wrote about. Uh, right. So, so the circular makes it absolutely clear that if a holding company, subsidiary or an associate of these platforms uh, that is offering product services or securities that are not regulated by any of their financial regulators, so those subsidiaries or links, tabs, which, whichever that link leads to, shouldn't have any access or receive any information about the users of the main platform, the platform that's offering the regulated products. The cross-selling is completely out of the picture uh, as per the circular.
0: Thank you, Akshay. I think our listeners might have uh, gained a lot of perspective. Uh, by listening to you uh, it's i know it's a bit technical subject but uh, if you have any doubts then you can ping i think akshad anytime on twitter or linkedin and he would be happy to answer uh, any of your queries so akshad once more uh, thank you so much for coming to why not mint money hope to see you in some future episodes
1: thank you sashins uh, hope to see you again
0: That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic, then you can reach out to me on Twitter. I go by the username at the red Nj or LinkedIn using my full name that is shashinningthaukongjam. We would be happy to take your suggestions. That's all from our side. Thanks for tuning in. See you in the next episode.